You're listening to the Bulldog Hour, getting you inside the Wilson football program with weekly game previews, recaps, highlights, and interviews. Now, here are your hosts, Joe Mays and Justin Rapoff. Well, good evening, everyone, and welcome to the fourth episode of the Bulldog Hour's third season. I am one of your hosts, Joe Mays, and sitting next to me, my co-host, Justin Raffoff. Uh, yeah, it's uh, good to be here. You know, we're tr- trying something new tonight. I'm sure Joe will mention that. Uh, but, you know, kind of exciting. You know, we actually, you and I do this fairly often. Yes. Um, and actually, a few hundred times we've done this. <laughs> yeah. Um, just not in this particular format. So while it's exciting and not really nerve wracking, but you know, there's a little bit of anxiousness just because it's, it's something new. And um, that has pretty much gone away for some of the other ones. Cause you know, a little, little less pressure, but you know, it's still, still a lot of fun and that's why we're here anyway. So yeah, the endeavor Justin's alluding to is uh, what kind of was the inspiration for this show or bringing this show back. The Joe Mays and J-Raff show is a, pro sports show that Justin and I have been doing for over six years. We're closing in on 250 episodes and nearly all of them have been done live for the first part on Ustream and now with the advent of Facebook Live, we've been doing it there. It's It's been a, a success for us, so we thought, hey, why not give it a try with the Bulldog Hour, especially because it's a shorter time frame. You know, you're talking 10 to 15 weeks from August through November or into December. And we think we could get some interactivity out of it. And that's what we're here to do. We want to answer uh, questions from Bulldog fans and listeners. And uh, just, you know, kind of uh, get the hype up for the show, for the football program. And, uh, you know, awareness is a good thing. That's what when I approached Coach Doms over two years ago about, you know, would you be okay if we did this? That was one thing he said. He's like, you know, getting the program's name out there and having people aware it, what you know what what could go wrong with that like people want to if they want to hear about the program and we can get the name spread out there wider it should be able to help us in the long run so uh he gave us the blessing and here we are in our third season already on the fourth episode of the third season and first live show yeah so should be fun we'll see how it goes yeah hopefully it goes well and we're uh, we're famous for technical difficulties, so I'm sure there'll be uh, <laughs> something that comes up during it. But hopefully, you'll stick with us. Yeah, if and that's the case, write the producer. <laughs> yes, yes, please do send that my way. Uh, you can interact with us uh, on Facebook. Hopefully, we can see them all. I know the uh, the the video feed has been shared far and wide on a bunch of different pages, and no matter where it's shared, you can comment there. And of course, it doesn't like to notify us when people comment on the video, so I may or may not be able to see it. Hopefully, uh, some of you will, and we will be able to answer any questions you may have. But obviously, this evening, we're here to uh, recap the Week 1 game versus Governor Mifflin and to preview the Bulldogs' next two games against Spring Ford and Central Dolphin. But before we dive into uh, those main parts of the show, we do want to go over some of the basic information that we've been putting out at the beginning of each episode and that's just ways that you can, you know, like, follow, interact with us. Just kind of some Bulldog Hour business to get out of the way. And let's jump into that here. There's multiple ways you can follow and interact with us, primarily on Facebook. We have a presence there. 
on the show, facebook.com slash bulldog hour. And obviously the main Wilson football program page is facebook.com slash Wilson Bulldogs football. Twitter, we got four accounts on there at bulldog hour, at Wilson Bulldogs, me at coach Joe Mays, and Justin at Mr. underscore Raffoff. Instagram for photos from the game, leading up to the game, post game, and during the offseason, a whole bunch of things about alumni and upcoming events. You can follow at Bulldog Hour and at Wilson Bulldogs Football. Finally, you can find an archive of the Bulldog Hour episodes as well as the other show that Justin and I do all in one place. And that's on YouTube at youtube.com slash user slash Joe Mays and JRAF show. Again, I mentioned the interactivity focus of these live shows. If you don't feel like comfortable leaving a comment on Facebook or you don't have a Facebook account and you're watching this embedded on bulldoghour.com, you can send an email to show at bulldoghour.com or joe at bulldoghour.com or use the contact form at bulldoghour.com. And again, this is our first live show, but we'll be back again in two weeks. The live shows will be every other week during the football season. So following the week three game against the Central Dolphin Rams, we'll be back to recap weeks two and three. And look forward to weeks four and five. So we'll be back again uh, Sunday, September 17th, right here on Facebook at 8.30. Finally, support the show. Um, you know, we don't necessarily always mean in a monetary way. Of course, we're always open to yeah, that, it's okay that if, option. If you want to take that step, that, that's fine with us too. Yeah. But there are other ways you can support, and uh, Joe will go through that. Yeah, so the in-kind donations are great. So are the sponsorship and advertising opportunities. You can find all that at bulldoghour.com. But really spreading the word, you know, telling people about it. Uh, I know all of you are friends and have family that are also Wilson football fans. So just let them know that the show's been back and we're doing this live and we'd love to get more viewers and more more hits at the website and anything that can help our presence and gain awareness for the show is a huge uh, support for us. So please, uh, like Justin said a few episodes ago, like and share and get our name out there. All right, so we're going to discuss the schedule uh, looking ahead here. You know, we already had the two scrimmages, Parkland and Redding, and the game against Mifflin, and we said we're going to discuss Springford and Central Dolphin tonight, but there's a quick look at the schedule for 2017. All right, so uh, week one's in the books. Unfortunately for Wilson, we did not come out on top. It was a, uh, a close game in the end, 21-14. to uh, Wilson fell to rival Mifflin in Shillington. It was the, the Bulldogs' first loss to the Mustangs since uh, 2011. And uh, it's the first time in seven tries that the Mustangs were able to claim the Gursky-Lynn Trophy, uh, which Wilson has had won every time since it became a trophy competition in 2012. You know, and talking about the discussion for the show with Justin beforehand, we talked about some of the, the, the values that we wanted to uh, hit on and how to divert the discussion. And the words that we came up with, coincidentally, all started with the letter P. And everything that we talked about, it kind of all revolved around that. You know, we, we talked about pride, patience. Um, perseverance, uh, practice, positivity, and the big one that you hit on. Yeah, potential. Potential. Right. Because it was there. I know you. after a loss, it's always deflating, and you're always going to look at the negatives and focus on the negatives. And 
you know, that will help you get better. But you also have to see the positive outcomes of the game. And those words all can guide us throughout the this week of practice for week two and for the whole season. And all of them are uh, equally important. And the one that Justin mentioned at the end, potential, that one is should be right at the surface because you could see it uh, throughout yeah. the game, especially as the game went on. Right. Primarily at the in the end of the third quarter and uh, into the fourth quarter, uh, it was a it was a tough game, and I think the 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 big takeaway is you know reading comments on on Twitter and whatnot is um, I don't I I think Mifflin felt disrespected at times that people weren't giving them their due. And I'm not talking about us. Like no, not no, us no. or the team or players, right. or coaches or anything. You're I mean, like write ups, right? And media and stuff, stuff like, like that. that. I think they felt that they were being sold short. But we talked about it on our preview. I talked about it on the Eastern PA football show that Mifflin is a great team this year. Yeah, and we saw that Friday night. Yeah, I, I would agree with that. And honestly, I would maybe I, I I would say I understand that that viewpoint if if that is the case. And again, like you said, not necessarily coming from the the team they were playing against, Mifflin was playing against Wilson, obviously on Friday night, but more just the outsiders. You know, I, I would agree with that because when, when you think about it and maybe it become it comes from big picture district three, the only team anyone really talks about in the five a is Harrisburg, um, especially because of the players they have. Well, obviously because of the players they have that are, are, you know, getting national recruiting attention. Um, so, in terms of 5A, it's kind of, you know, it, at the district level, when people are doing district previews, you know, there's all that. And then it kind of, it, it's kind of a weird dynamic in terms of the coverage here because Mifflin doesn't really get covered by the Lancaster people who cover Wilson, right. even though we're not in that county because we're going to play all those teams. Yet, you know, Wilson does get covered here by both, you know, and so does mm-hmm. Mifflin. Like, it, it is a weird thing. And I wouldn't, I don't know that I would have said disrespected, but I can certainly understand why, um, you know, some people may, uh, you know, why, why you'd throw that fuel in the fire, especially if you're, sure. if you're, you know, you know, trying to get rally the troops and all that kind of thing. But like you and I said, and, and like many of the people that we had talked to before and after, um, you know, like they knew darn well how that Mifflin was going to be good and ready. Like I mean that separate, not like the term. You know, the cliche. Term. I mean, they were going to be good, yeah, and they were going to be ready. Is what I meant, and that is exactly what we saw on Friday night. They were good, really good, and they were really ready. Um, and there was that hunger and fire. And so, you know what? Um, you know, like you said, unfortunately, we weren't able to. I say we, the team was not able to put a, together enough uh, to kind of go through that. And you know, I, I think I said it to you before the game, we were talking or, or someone on, we were talking to had asked, you know, what, what do you think? And I was like, well, you know, I, I feel like we're, we're about to get Mifflin's best shot. I just feel like, um, it's been you know, building. It's, it's, it's been a brewing. rivalry, but they left the game last year with a super, you know, a super sour taste in their mouth. You know, like they just, they couldn't wait to get rid of that. And what they do, they ran off, you know, what was it? 11 wins or something like that until they faced Harrisburg. 12, I think. Yeah, okay. I think something they like that. 12 yeah. And two. Right. So, you know, they, they were a good team last year and we saw that, 
um, Wilson didn't necessarily see that. They, they just had a lot going on that first game, and I think it snowballed quickly. Yeah. Um, I. But you knew they returned a lot. You, you knew it. Like it just, they were ready, and uh, you know it, it. It showed. Going back to the 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 talk of the disrespect from that Mifflin felt from the media, the writers, because I don't really. Th- I mean, I don't. Obviously, I don't know of everyone's interaction, uh, you know, right, no, right. Um, you know, in talking Twitter, Facebook, all the social media. But I, from what I could tell after the game, you know, there were headlines and stuff about it being an upset. And the Mifflin fans were like, no, the better team won. And I'm not going to get into that, but I understand their point of view of that. Right. Like, no, it's I, not an upset. We're the better team. That's what they're thinking. Right. And that's and, what they, you know, t- I, mean, I mean, if you're going by scores, that's what they right. proved on Friday night. That at this point they were the better team. That's what the scoreboard says. Yeah, absolutely. And and you know, and I, if you look at it, it would be hard to argue that based on this one result. You know, like. But I I, I immediately and I'm obviously I'm not going to interact with them in any capacity. But I immediately was like, that's fine. You can carry that with you. I just wish, and I'm sure they wish the same thing last year. We could meet them again in week ten. Right. You know, last year thirty to seven. Like obviously we were the better team. But then you look at what they did, like you just right. mentioned, what would have happened if we played them at the end right. of the and year? And we mentioned in the preview, too, like, we, we talk about their loss to Harrisburg at the end of the year. That's, that has nothing to hang your head about. They were state finalists, you know, like, um, you know, that, so it's, it's interesting to just kind of try and see how, how that, you know, will, will play out. So. Um, sure. Anyway, it is unfortunate that there isn't the potential to meet again, you know. Um, so, but anyway, moving on, you know, to to some of the specifics here. But, yeah, we'll, we'll have to see. So, here we go. We'll, we'll break it down a little bit. Yeah. Um, we you got know. some some stats here for everyone. And, uh, you know, I already, I already mentioned um, that was the first time in a few ti- tries that Wilson uh, lost to Mifflin. So, um, stats-wise... Uh, well, first downs, Wilson had 12 to Mifflin's 17. Rushing yards, Wilson managed 68 to Mifflin getting nearly 200. They had 198 for the game. Passing yards, nearly identical, though. Wilson's a slight edge at 112 to 111. Total yards, Wilson had 180 to Mifflin's 309. Mifflin won the time of possession as well by uh, nearly four minutes, 2203 to 2557. Uh, a little bit of surprising for me when I was getting this together. Wilson was 5 for 11 on third downs, but Mifflin was only 3 for 10. I think they were doing more damage on first and second down, not uh, yeah. not needing uh, a good third downs. Yeah. And they also were 2 for 4 on fourth down as right. well. Uh, one of the bigger ones, uh, Mifflin was perfect in the red zone, and Wilson had that one missed opportunity where they couldn't score the touchdown and then had a field goal blocked, which we'll get to. And also looking at the possessions, Wilson only had the ball nine times on offense. Yeah, they the first five, well, really first six, and these were all in the first half. Punt, 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 miss field goal, fumble. Then they had the ball just three times in the third and fourth quarter, and they got two touchdowns. And then the last one was a punt. So it was interesting to me to see that they only had the ball nine times, and that only three came in the second half. Right, but they yeah. made him count. Why? Well, yeah, and the third, that possession in the third quarter, um, you know, like you said, they they made possessions count there, but um, they only had the ball once in the third quarter, and that was that was kind of crazy. You know, Mifflin got the ball to start the second half, and 
did exactly what they wanted to do yeah. to start that second half. And that, that really may put Wilson with their – if their backs weren't against the wall before, which they actually were, then it, it that was really put them in a position that was going to be tough to overcome. Because, again, to kind of emphasize the point, it wasn't just that, you know, Wilson wasn't quite getting done what they needed to get done. It was that you're doing that against a good team. Mm-hmm. You know, if you're doing that against a bad team and you're just not clicking or you're not focused or something's not right and you fall behind, well, you still have the potential to maybe swing and be that much better than the team you're going against and make it up, make up for it. When you're playing a, a, a really good team, that's, that's a lot harder to do, you know, so... Um, yeah, yeah. Um, Mifflin had that long opening drive in the third quarter. Wilson finally got the ball back, and they actually had a, a decent drive of their own. It carried into the fourth quarter, and finally with 10-20 to go in the game, Wilson got on the board 21-7. to And it was interesting that between 10 minutes and 20 seconds left in the fourth to 6.07 left, left in the fourth, uh, we went from Governor Mifflin up 21 nothing to Governor Mifflin up by 7, 21-14, and Wilson... Had just gotten the ball back, yeah, deep in Mifflin territory. Yeah, now, unfortunately, it, it ended. Uh, there was a, a couple penalties. There was a sack and and the punt, and then Mifflin was able to run the clock out. But for that in in game four and a half minutes, about the uh, the Mustang face faithful had to be thinking, "Here we go again." Well, yeah, and and I personally was thinking, like, is this really happening? You yeah. know, like we've got a shot. And actually, I started running through the scenarios in my head of. Um, you know, if we score here, are we going for two? Are we going to try and end this thing? Are we going to try and kick? Like, just not knowing, knowing there had been a field goal, you know, um, mishap earlier in the game. Like, just those things are running through my head because at that point, you know, if they get that touchdown to pull within one, you have all the momentum. So mm-hmm. you can look at that at one of two ways. Like, we're going for it. We're just going to try and end this thing right now. Or... You, you, you're saying they... They basically were the Springford game from a year ago. Do you think they would have went for two? Yeah, except I think it was kind of like the opposite. I think Springford was like felt the like, look, we're in second overtime. Like, how long can this thing go? Like, let's just try and end it here. Whereas here, I guess it is kind of the same where it would have been just like, look, we've got the momentum right now. Let's try and seize it right now and let our defense try and hold them, you know, for the remaining part. I don't know. It obviously didn't come down to that, but and I don't know that they would have. It was just running through my head, like, do you do it or do you say no? We're just going to try and prolong this game because you know, up until that point, you're just trying to think of ways. You use this term in basketball a lot. We need to extend the game when you're when you're down. You need to extend the game. You need to in basketball. That's why they foul all the time. So mm-hmm, there's no right. real equivalent there, but like. You need, you know, you need quick strikes. You need to get out of bounds. You need those things that kind of, quote, unquote, extend the game in football. Um, you know, do you just look to extend the game by trying to tie it or do you? Those things started going through my head. It's not really important or significant now. Um, but I, I was just wondering what would what would happen if, if that would have happened. So it might be a question to ask sometime. It would be, but I don't, well, I don't, I honestly don't we think we'd get a straight gonna, answer. We also weren't going to ask it Friday night. No, no, we've gone through that before. Yeah. If you haven't caught one of our recorded shows before, um, yeah, we don't do post game interviews. We do post game interviews after wins. Yeah, we just try and stay out of the way. So, um, yeah. We are. There were certainly new interviews that take place. On, <laughs> for people that know us, we are very, very cynical and pessimistic people. But the one place that we kind of 
go against that is Wilson football. Yeah. And you've done that now twice in in basically two yeah. of the last three games because we, we talked about this before, but last November in Hershey, the district championship game at halftime, Wilson's down 14 nothing. You came down, we talked about it, and you said to me, think about who you're going to interview, implying that Wilson's going to win. And I was just like, okay. You did kind of look at me like... I, I was like, I was a little. Why'd you say that? I was like, wow, man, that's a lot to put out there. Right, but you know, it sounds good to me. Yeah, yeah. And uh, you know, Wilson stormed back, and obviously, we had post game interviews. Just Friday night, you texted me, you texted me from yeah. the box during the second half. So who do we want to interview? And I think at the time it was twenty one nothing. Right. So I was even like, wow, man, he's really putting it out there. And then, but I texted you back. You responded. I texted you, responded. you back. And do you remember who I said? Um, I think you said... I gave you two names. I think you said... I know you said Weller yeah. for one of them. Did you say Yurik is the other uh, one? No, it was McAndrew, actually. Oh, that's it. That's it. Yeah. And as the fourth quarter played on, until the last few minutes, I, I not only did it look great for you to ask me that question, my response was even better. <laughs> yeah. So let's go through the player oh, stats. Oh, what, what could have been, right? What, yeah, <laughs> hey, you know... But uh, let's go through the player stats from the game before we get to the highlights, yeah. and then we'll move on to our Spring Forward and Central Dolphin previews. So player stats, uh, senior quarterback Connor Yurig was 7 of 16 for 112 yards and a touchdown. He also had nine rushes, but due to the sacks, it ended up being for negative yardage. Uh, Iggy, senior running back Iggy Reynoso, was, went 22 times for 73 yards and a touchdown, averaging just a hair over three yards per carry. He also had one catch for negative four yards. The two two receivers that stood out were on big passes that you should see in the highlights. One to senior Trevor Tanga for 42 yards. And one to the aforementioned senior Sean McAndrew for 42 yards as well. Defensively, two players that stood out on the stat sheet and in the game. Senior outside linebacker Andrew Weller had eight tackles, a fumble recovery, an interception, a pass breakup, and a blocked kick. and Sophomore Nate Keller had six and a half tackles, three for loss, and a forced fumble. So I texted you, you know, we talked about it. Who do you think the player of the game should be? And obviously, people will be like, well, isn't a Mifflin player? Because it's the Bulldog Hour and we pick Wilson players. Like, right. I, like I, people have asked me that all the time, like in losses. Now, granted, that doesn't happen a lot for the Wilson team. There aren't that many losses that we have to cover. But yes, it's always going to be a Bulldog player. That's the point of this show. Right. We also know the people that we're asking for interviews. Either one of us knows them, you know, enough to ask them, or, you know, there, there's some kind of relationship. They at least see us around. We're not about to go up to somebody we don't right. know at all and be like, oh, hey, with our Wilson Bulldog shirts on, you know, and ask, you know, for an interview. Um, so, yeah, yeah, no, we, yeah. In case you haven't picked up by the title, the shirts, us, you know, any of that. Right. It's, a, it's kind of a Bulldog-centric show. So, we're <laughs> obviously, we're picking... A, a Wilson player of the game. So the Bulldog Hour player of the game for week one is Andrew Weller for his contributions on uh, the game Friday night at Mifflin. And I just kind of mentioned it, but if you were listening when I mentioned his stats, uh, he had a, uh, a solid game, especially defensively, and primarily in the fourth quarter when I think um, most of all of the uh, stats took place. You know, uh, eight tackles obviously happened throughout the game, but he had the fumble recovery, he had an interception, he blocked the punt, and he had a, a pass breakup. So for his 
abilities Friday night. Senior wideout and outside linebacker Andrew Weller is the Bulldog Hour player of the game for week one. All right, well, let's take a look at some of those plays from the Mifflin game. Now, the the highlights will have uh, as many of the scoring plays as I could get, both Wilson and Mifflin. It is just kind of a, a highlight from the entire game. Slanted Wilson's way, but if a scoring play happened, I tried to grab it. So I will pull that up, and we'll take a look at that. It's about five minutes long, and we'll try to talk you through some of what is happening. Let's check it out. So we start out at, at in Shillington at the game, and this is just the op- opening kickoff for the season. Just wanted to get that in there. Wilson did receive, and they end up going on a little bit of a steady drive to start. They get two first down and four plays here, uh, highlighted by this nice pass here from Urig to Roberson. Gained about eight yards. I threw some of my pictures in there. I was just playing around with the software. I thought it looked pretty cool. Hey, why not, right? Yeah, why not? A nice little run by Iggy here. Pick up a first down. Wilson looks rolling. Two good positive plays. And here again, another nice run from Reynoso. Pick up about eight yards here. And then uh, Wilson had a couple incomplete passes, one of which is shown here in the highlights. Nice uh, scramble by Jurg to keep things alive. And Oh, no, this is the, the Jurg scramble play to pick up the second first down. So Wilson's already got two first downs. And here now we get to the incomplete passes, both which were very close and obviously could have been could have changed the game completely. Um, we see deflection here, and then there was another deflection on the next play. Wilson punted, and now Mifflin got the ball. And one of the uh, the first drive had a little bit of a miscue in the secondary to give Mifflin one of their two big plays on their opening drive. Uh, the next resulted in a touchdown. Now, the following Wilson drive was a three and out, but the biggest thing was Wilson had their punt partially blocked and gave Mifflin some great field position. Thankfully for Wilson, Governor Mifflin turned the ball over on downs, but after a Wilson three and out, Governor Mifflin started at their own, at Wilson's 33, and within 10 plays, excuse me, four plays, they're inside the 10 and scored on the first play of the second quarter. The Wilson offense started to move here now from their own 20 close to midfield. <clears throat> and uh, they get to the Governor Mifflin three within seven plays, thanks to that 42-yard pass from Urig to Tanga. They got to first and goal, and after a couple incompletions, they led to this field goal attempt, but it is blocked. So it's still 14-0 Governor Mifflin. Then we get to Weller's in- interception, a nice deflection. Uh, by Isaiah Gilmore. Weller ends up with the interception. Uh, unfortunately for Wilson, the next play from scrimmage was a fumble and the Mustangs recovered. Now we're getting to the end of the second quarter, close to halftime, and there are a couple Mifflin plays here. that They were attempting to get a few more, uh, a few more points before half, and it wouldn't end up happening, but there was a, something here, and I highlight here. You can see quarterback Cameron Wolf turn around and spike the ball behind where he was standing and coach Doms and coach Palms are yelling at the refs because well that's a fumble folks that's not a spike that is a fumble you have to throw the ball forward and there's coach Doms talking to the refs at halftime <laughs> uh, to let them know um Wilson kicked off to start the uh, second half Governor Mifflin started their own 31 and 14 plays later they were able to punch it in and make it 21 nothing Mustangs 
It seemed like Wilson would wake up and, and begin to respond. They go march on a 12-play drive, including this 42-yard pass from Yurig to McAndrew to get Wilson to the Governor Mifflin 10. And three plays later, the Bulldogs would get on the board with a 10-yard Yurig to Johnson touchdown pass. So things started to get pretty hot here. We're in the fourth quarter. After the kickoff, Governor Mifflin uh, got a few firsts, and then a Wilson forces the punt, which is blocked by Andrew Weller. Wilson ends up, I think Mifflin actually ends up recovering the ball, but obviously because it went so far backwards, it's the Bulldogs' ball. Um, four plays later, set up by a beautiful 13-yard rush by Iggy Reynoso. He gets the uh, call and is able to cut the Mifflin lead to seven on this play. Now we're down, I think we're about the seven-minute mark or so left in the game. Wilson kicks off, thankfully for the Bulldogs, to give them a little more moment, momentum. The first government from play is a fumble. Now they attributed this as a forced fumble to Nate Keller, but I think it was a bad handoff uh, between um, Wolf and Ross, uh, but recovered by Weller. Um, here's the um, infamous now deflected reception that is called back. It was a great effort by McAndrew and Tanga. Unfortunately, got called back. Wilson ended up punting. Governor Mifflin runs out the clock, and the final score is twenty-one to fourteen favor Governor Mifflin. So there, those were the highlights of the game, and uh, you could really see Wilson getting that momentum at the end of the third quarter as they got that drive together, and you know we're able to punch it in, and then all of a sudden everything started going their way and it looked to be the case when on that deflected pass caught that Wilson's going to do this because now yeah. they're at what the 10 or the five or something the like five. that they're at the five, the five with about six minutes to go right. seven minutes to go whatever it was would, and it would have been out having outscored Mifflin 21 nothing in, in four in minutes four minutes yeah. time you know like all that work being you know Mifflin kind of doing whatever they want for the first you know, three and a half quarters of the game. Well, three quarters, I, I get to the first half of the fourth quarter. Right. But, yeah, you know, it, it's one of those we talked about, you know, they, they Mifflin was ready to go. Um, a lesser team, and they're probably able to kind of overcome that, you know, overcome some of those things that, that didn't work. But I, I think they're, you know, I, I think if we go back to those, some of those words you mentioned at the beginning, um, perseverance, you know, there were a lot of times where guys could have hung their heads and, and given up in this game, especially when you go down 21 nothing. You know, it, it, it's the fourth quarter. You know, they easily could have given up, and they certainly didn't do that. We saw that. Um, you know, there's potential. We, we saw – you could look at that small scale, you know, like, oh, man, we were just a play or two away, you know. Right. And, you know, that – that's a dangerous game because Mifflin oh, yeah. could be like, we were a play or two away from breaking it wide open. It's, it's you know? not, but I, it's not about making excuses. It's about no. pointing out facts. And you, no. can, you can point, you know, to play devil's advocate, you could point at Mifflin saying that that call should have gone a different way or if he would have caught this or he would have made right. it. You know, there's both sides right. to it. Absolutely. But obviously, we're taking the Wilson side right. of this. You know, and, we and talked about we're those... moving forward with oh, it. You know, yeah, we're like, absolutely. the potential is, look, if there's, if there's, you know, if half of the... 50-50 plays, as you and I kind of refer to some of these things when we're talking about them. If if we get half of those instead of maybe a quarter of those, you know, or we get, you know, 
just an increase. You know, I, I don't really know the breakdown of what we looked at, but if we saw an increase in that, if we get one or two more of those to go our way, you know, um, you know, how, how does that turn out? And not for this game that we're looking back. We're not trying to be revisionists here. We're talking about going forward. You know, the next opportunity we have, maybe we can, you know, um, you know, force that, force that sack or, you know, make that, that protection or make that grab or any of those things, you know, how, how can that help us moving forward? And, and that's where I, I think the potential, the perseverance, the pride, all those came into play. And you, you saw those on display in the fourth quarter. And I know the outcome wasn't what we wanted it to be. And I, I know, certainly know it's not what the players and, and the coaches wanted it to be. You sure. know, their, their hearts are, are so into this. And I, I really feel for them. But you know what? That's where, that's where you have to step in and be like, all right, well, there's nothing, there's nothing I can do about that last game except learn from it and get better for the next game. And, and so hopefully they use some of that to, to get ready for next Friday. Yeah. Wilson lost in all three phases the first three quarters. For a four-minute in-game period, they won all three phases. Right. We, we heard Coach Doms mention in the preseason interviews what was the biggest issue facing Mifflin. Like, for us to face Mifflin, they already had a game under their belt. Right. They already and, went through and these motions. Wh- I, I was getting texts and messages during the game, especially the first half. When we have a field goal blocked and a pump blocked, right? And somebody like gave the quotes, and it was all over the place with Dom. He talks about it with us. He talks about it with the newspaper. He talks about it with the news crew when they come around. He was scared to death of special teams because he can't, he can't simulate that in practice, right? right? It's too risky. It's hard to do. Um, it's just one of those things that's really hard. And so you learn that in game experience, and it it showed in the first half, you know, and it improved in the second half. You know, we got some of that back. But right, we were able to block a punt then. Right, you know, but was, but at the same time, you know, like it, it was tough. So yeah, I hope I hope that they're able to learn from it. Um, even though you know it, it's not fun, you know, to lose that opener and no. to lose to your rival and those things. But you know what, uh, it, it's a good team, and so yeah. you know, much like much like you know, in in other years, I w- you know I would have said to a Mifflin team, you know nothing to hang your head about you lost to a good team right i i feel that's the way now i hope they don't settle for that i hope you know there's still that fire no, to, yeah, to compete I, yeah, and get this, better but this, well like but i think i moment, think we're gonna see that come 10 weeks even though we don't have a chance to play them again mifflin's gonna be have their sights set on some higher aspirations as well and i hope wilson's in that same position right and i honestly i, I fully expect well i i was gonna say i fully expect them to be you know like 12 and one or whatever it would be. Cause Harrisburg is just, I think on another level. It is. Like, it I, is. I just think it'd be tough to see Mifflin beat them. And we're talking probably the district and, championship. And that, but that's not a statement about Mifflin. That's, no, no, that's a like, statement. Honestly, about Harrisburg. honestly, if Harrisburg falls short of the state championship game, maybe not a state championship, but short of the state right, championship game, Archbishop Wood's their season is probably not, not a failure, a disappointment. but it would be a disappointment. Yeah. yeah. Failure is too strong, but disappointment it would be. They made it last year. They returned their best players. Yeah. And well, the only reason I didn't say that they w- would own their only loss may be to Harrisburg all years because they got two tough games now this week and the next. Yeah. They have to travel to Cocalico, who's expected to be one of the best teams in LL Section 2 right there with Mannheim Central. And then the next week, they have to travel to Mannheim Township. Who who just beat yeah. a team that we're going to be talking about here in a minute. Yeah, so. So Mifflin has a tough opening schedule, just like Wilson does. And we'll know a lot about 
the Mustangs here uh, when we do our next show, for sure. Yep. And if they're sitting at 4-0, you know they're for real, which we already think they are. Right. So, you know, um, I'm sure we'll hopefully we can we can kind of refer back to how right we were uh, in, right. in a few weeks when we're talking about the show. Um, but again, that's that's not really on us, I guess. <laughs> so, so I do want to say before we get to the previews, uh, thank you to everyone watching live. We yeah, appreciate awesome. it. And uh, the, the comments from uh, from Chris and Angel and a message from Colin. So we definitely uh, appreciate everyone reaching out to us and uh, letting everyone know and pretty much. Um, you know, agreeing with us, yeah, They're yeah, kind of saying like the potential's there, and uh, just wait these next uh, nine weeks. By the end of the season, we'll pro- we'll see a different bulldog team, and we wish we could have a rematch with Mifflin. Yeah, we we've we've said it before. We we you know, you know, when when we look at it, you know, we're we're confident that that the coaches will have the guys ready, and they'll continue to get better, and that that's what it's going to take. And you know, to kind of look at that, uh, what better than to preview the next two games um, as we look at. Uh, week two, um, we, uh, we, the Wilson Bulldogs will, will travel <laughs> well, and, I mean, we, and we, we will, we will answer, yes, yeah. we will. But more importantly to us and everyone else listening, um, the team will be traveling with said coaches to, um, Springford, uh, down 422, um, yep. to Springford, um, and, I'll let you <laughs> run through some of this. Yeah. So we'll be going to Royers Ford for the first time to take on the Springford Rams. I mentioned last year we were actually playing them for the first time, and uh, we all know how that game ended, right? You were there for that, Justin. Stop. Oh, no. Sorry, you missed that one. No. So the last meeting between the teams was just last year, and it was the last Wilson win, the first ever Wilson win against Springford, uh, September 9, 2016 at Gursky. Wilson came out on top 41-40 to in double overtime. We remember former Wilson assistant coach Chad Brubaker, the head coach at Springford, Decided to go for two in the second overtime, and we thought that he was all about to get in, and then uh, Tommy O'Brien and a slew of Bulldog defenders stopped him literally inches short yeah. of the goal line, preserving the Bulldogs' second victory of the season. Now, I, I did say last year that Wilson has previously played the teams that make up Spring Ford in Spring City and Royersford, so if, if you look at it that way, the teams have met plenty of times before with uh, the combination of spring city and Royersford actually besting the bulldogs two nine and one wilson was two nine and one against them only two wins against those teams but now the combined group this is only the second ever meeting between the rams and bulldogs springford so spring forward so far this season they played in week zero just like mifflin did they hosted unionville and the rams actually put in a new turf in their stadium this year uh, but the debut didn't go as well as they had hoped. They lost to Unionville 26-17 to a year after beating them 33-3. to The Rams did ba- bounce back this past week, week one, at Chester. They were able to defeat Chester 28-20 to on the road. And obviously now, week two coming up, they welcome our Wilson Bulldogs into town. Now, so what's going on with uh, Spring Forward this year? Well, they're part of the uh, Pioneer Liberty League. They are a member of 6A. And, uh, this is District 1. Yeah, right? this is yeah. District so 1. District yep, 1, right. for, for those that don't know. So uh, massive district down outside of Philadelphia, you know, yep. essentially Philadelphia suburbs, a lot of the schools. Um, so, you know, huge, huge district. They're a 6A school. You know, so. They, you know, teams start 11 on offense, 11 on defense. 
three special teamers. So you've got 25 positions. If a player plays both ways, he counts, obviously, as two then. Uh, the Rams only have three back. They were a senior-laden team last year, and it showed they had an incredible, incredible season uh, last year. Uh, you know, one of the, the biggest drawbacks last year was that loss to uh, to Wilson in week two when they, I mean, I'm sure they think they should have won that game. Right. They were winning towards the end of the game when Wilson stormed back, uh, drive by uh, Grayson Klein and the kick by Nick Borelli. Uh, you know, they, they went on to show it next week. They hosted Exeter and uh, took it to Exeter last year. Um, yeah. So they had a, a stellar season. I believe they were, were nine and three. And uh, they uh, they their season ended to North Penn in the playoffs, and they they only lost to North Penn by nine. And North Penn was a, a Final Four team. Yeah, so you know state Final Four. Yeah, you you have you have another quality opponent. Um, you know, and it, it's interesting because you know you see some of there's a lot of talk about scheduling in high school football, especially last year and this year, um, because of the the addition of the potential Week Zero now. Um, Springford and District One schools really weren't given much of a choice because um, they their district kept the sixteen team format for the playoffs. Right. So unless they want to play nine games and try and make districts on that, right, then they have to play week zero if they want to get their ten game regular season in. Um, which more or less is what's going to happen in uh, District Three yep. coming up as yep. well. So. Um, not exactly the same, but it's very similar. So, um, you know, you look at it, I, you know, when it'll be interesting to kind of see how, uh, these, this game plays out, you know, it's traveling, it's a new place, you know, uh, we talk about the routine, you know, when you travel to the league places or even many of our non-league games, like when they travel to central dolphin, like last year. Yes, it's an away game that they don't play at a ton, but most of the kids have played there because they've been in the rotation a number of years now. Um, same thing with at Mifflin. You know, a, a large number of those kids have played at Mifflin two years ago. You know, not a large number, but a decent number. So, like, you, you get through this. Um, not many of these players, I don't think, have played at a game at Springford. Maybe, I, I doubt it, in, even in youth football or something. But you Actually, know, like, I know that these seniors that played at West played at Springfield. Hey, there you go. Because there you go. I took them down there with Coach Fernsler in 2013. We did win that game. Not that that means anything when you get to high school, but yes. So a few of those players have uh, been down to Springford. Uh, Connor Urig uh, among them. Uh, Trevor Tanga as well. Some of the players with me on, on the West squad, Nick Drake, Peter Shookman. Those guys went down and it was a hard-fought battle, but uh, they were able to uh, to beat the Springford uh, middle school Rams. So uh Cheers to that. So, right, so looking back at the yeah, team for this year, yeah. the, the Rams returned three starters, all of them on offense, none on defense. The quarterback is back. That's a huge thing. TJ yeah. Perging, um, senior quarterback. Noah Silva, a big offensive lineman, returns. And Justin DeFrancesco, um, he's a, one of their athletes on offense. So they, they, they've got some firepower back on offense, but they were, returned no one on defense. Right. They're, so. they're slotting in all new guys or some rotational guys that didn't start last year. They had an incredible 2016, putting up almost 42 points a game, allowing just 13. But, you know, graduation hit them uh, quite, quite hard. So, you know, look look yeah. forward to a bounce-back game for the Bulldogs. And, uh, 
They'll yeah. be, you know, we're heading down there Friday night to uh, take on the Rams. Yeah, it'll be interesting to see. Hopefully, uh, you know, Wilson can address some of those things we talked about earlier and, you know, and and, sh- and show some growth in, in this next game. And, you know, you, you hope for a positive result, but um, you also hope to see that growth. So, uh, you know, excited to get down there. I'm sure the players, you know, I'm sure they're kind of licking their wounds, you know, mm-hmm. from a tough game. But, um, you know what, it, it's... Right now it's Sunday. You know we're doing a live show, so I can even say what day it is. You know, <laughs> yeah, it's right. Sunday, and we can, uh, you know, let's move forward. And I'm sure the players did today. You know, oh, I'm yeah, sure. For sure. Well, I um, may be sitting in films right now. Yep. Uh, getting ready and looking back at Mifflin, looking ahead to Springford. But we're done looking ahead to Springford. We're actually going to jump to week we're three on. now. Yeah. And the Bulldogs will finally be at home. We get to return yeah. to Gursky for the first home game of the. 2017 season will be friday september 15th and uh, this will be the ninth all-time meeting between the bulldogs and the rams cd leads the series five to three with their win last year at speed eversol stadium 24 to 6 on september 16th wilson's last victory in the series was a a uh, famous one on november 29 2014 at hershey in the district three quad a championship game where Wilson came out on top 21 to 10. So the Rams so far this season, they also played in week zero. They were at Susquehanna Township, who they beat 30 to 7. And famously, I think, if I remember this correctly, they held uh, town, Hannah Township to minus 22 rushing yards. Wow. Now, Susquehanna, like CD, was a very senior laden team last year. Hannah had a, a strong 2016. Uh, obviously, CD uh, did as well. Both teams hit hard by graduation, but CD uh, playing like CD usually does and got the win in Week Zero over Susquehanna yeah. Township. Yeah, with with a great defense. Not yeah, not stifling. really a shocker. <laughs> no. Now, of a lot of interest to yeah. Wilson fans, Central Dolphin traveled to Mannheim Township this past week, and for the first time, and I believe nine tries. The Blue Streaks beat the Rams. Yeah, seventeen to fourteen. They've, they've had some really close calls, and uh, you know a lot of people are saying that this township team is different. Um, and you know what? They started their season off different in terms of playing the outcome of the Central Dolphin game. So, uh, yeah, that was a shocker. Manheim Township beat I, Central Dolphin seventeen fourteen. Now. Central Dolphin tried to tie the game as the clock expired with a 51-yard field goal. They do have a very good kicker. Yeah, a kicker uh, who was it, posted last week. Um, a video, or a video was posted, I don't know if the kicker posted it, of him kicking from the 50-yard the line, which would be a 60-yard field goal. Now, I would know the kicker, and everyone knows it's a little different. When the game comes it. around. Right. right, and there's a lot of other, uh, there's a lot of other factors that go into play there. But, um, all that being said, the 51-yard field goal was was no good, and uh, Mannheim Township won 17-14. So that definitely um, catches everyone's attention. You know, for sure. A couple well, things. One, we're... that it was a close game. So it, you know, it, I in some ways it tells you quote unquote a lot, but in probably more ways it doesn't really tell you it's anything so you really didn't really know. Because you look at it last Thursday, you know, we would have said Mannheim Township and Central Dolphin are both going to be good. You right. Know, and what Big did this surprise. game tell us? Yeah, they're probably both good. You know, <laughs> like, so 
we're gonna have to, you know, wait and see. Manheim Township, you know, we're we don't have that, you know, yet. That that's way down the road. Um, you know, a lot of things can change or you know develop between now and then. You know, a lot can change between now and and two weeks for for the Wilson Central Dolphin game. But um, you know, when you talk about in terms of outcomes, you know, Central Dolphins done until the Wilson game. They are on by this week. right, and that was a it mentioned. In the preseason interview with Coach Doms, we talked about, you know, uh, Mifflin and Springford having a game in hand before Wilson comes to town. Well, Central Dolphin should have, except they took their bye or they slotted with their bye in week two. So now Wilson, by the time of this matchup, will have had two games under their belt and Central Dolphin will have been sitting around, obviously practicing. But Coach Doms said that he felt that was a disadvantage for Central Dolphin. So we'll see what happens so let's talk a little bit more about the Rams here as we wrap up the first live episode of the show by finishing with the Rams preview. You know, we talked about where they're at right now. They are idle this week. Um, you know, their head coach returns, Glenn McNamee. He's been there a while. Stellar, stellar coach. They play in the Mid-Pen Conference, the Commonwealth Division there. They're a 6A team, and they had a strong 2016 season Last year, going 10-2, and two, they tied for first place in their league. They, they're putting up nearly 30 points a game, surrendering just under 13. And it's just it's a state-of-the-art, yeah. top-tier District 3 program. Yeah, year in, year out, they are you know, right there at the top of the biggest division in a, a really good district. They're in a really good league within that district. You know, it's... Yeah, you. I think everyone you know that we talk to, they you know what you're going to get when you go against Central Dolphin. You're going to go against a really good football team, um, and you know it, it's going to be a, a brutal game. You know, we saw that last year. You know, twenty four to six. I think you and I would say it felt closer than that in ways, but yet at the same time, like Central Dolphin, you know, kind of wasn't really in question. You right. know, late in the game. Um, but all of that being said, you know, it's a different year. You, you mentioned, you know, teams lose guys, you know, have to replace guys uh, moving in. And uh, Central Dolphin had to do that in the middle of the season last year. But <laughs> yeah. um, that's a different story. Right. Um, to no fault of their own, I should say. Like, no. at least the, they kind of moved on and right, washed their yeah. hands of it. They moved on and, and they were still chugging along. Um, but anyway... You know, when you look at it, you you know what Wilson's going to get a tough a tough game. Um, but you know, maybe some guys that you're not as familiar with because you know guys graduate and everything. But much like Wilson, and we talk about this, there's always guys to step up and fill in. So um, I'm sure Central Dolphins going to have that and and be ready to go, having been off having this buy. Yeah, they just returned just five of 22 starters, uh, not counting their specialists, which is listed as a team strength. Um, excellent. Uh, kicker and punter is back. So you got to be, you know, expecting good special teams from the Rams. Biggest weakness, similar to what we said about Springford, few starters are returning, just five of the 22. They, they're running with a small senior class and don't have a big roster size. For being a, a sizable school, they don't have the numbers they're used to. Uh, they Four of their offensive starters return. Um, primary, primarily among them is Mike Wise-Bell, the senior running back as well as Grant Smith, the senior tight end. Uh, one defensive starter returning, and that is junior Adam Burkhart uh, playing inside linebacker. 
So they lost a they lost a lot, but if they can hang with Mannheim Township, who returned a lot, obviously those players are ready to step up. And that's what we say about Wilson all the time. There are guys that didn't get to play a lot as underclassmen, and then when they become seniors, it's their time to shine, and they do it. And that's what I'm expecting to see from Central Dolphin this year. Is it going to be a typical Rams team? You know, when you play in the mid-pen, probably not, because they got to play State College, Harrisburg, Cumberland Valley, CD East. So will we see the Rams lose more often in the league than they're used to? It's a distinct possibility yeah, because just, all those teams are very we, good this We year. mentioned that Harrisburg is a 5A school when we were talking about the Mifflin game. However, what we didn't mention at the time is they're in the same division, I believe, at, within the yeah, Penn the League. Commonwealth, yeah, yeah, as as all the all those, uh, the big boys. You know, like they're in that upper tier uh, division. And so it's, uh, yeah, it's going to be, that's a brutal division. Yeah, oh, you know, absolutely. And even more so this year. I'd say the top teams are always really good. Yeah. Well, I mean, but this, the, the depth this year, I think, is even better than it typically is. And it's usually strong. So, um, you know, I think people really don't know what to think of Central Dolphin in terms of their league. Um, but that's just because they don't know where all the, all the, the chips are going to fall because it's just a, a lot of good football teams Central, there this year. Central Dolphin has won seven of the last eight mid pen Commonwealth titles. Only one of them was outright. Right. 2011. There, yeah. Usually there's... And what happened one. in 2011? They won the state championship. Oh, they yeah. beat Wilson in the District yeah. 3 title game. Right. Did they, they go undefeated that North year? North Allegheny yeah. by a field goal and then won the state championship. Yeah. I, did, did they beat North Penn? I forget now. Well, wasn't one of the Allentown schools? I can't remember who they played. Oh, was that the Liberty year? Or was no, that, Liberty was the year that was we should have been yeah, there. Yeah, yeah that yeah. was Bethel Park. Let's not get into that. <laughs> so, yeah, they, they've they won league titles in 2009, 2011 through 2016. Only the 2011 year, was it? They, did they not share it with someone? Right, so, right. that it's tough to go undefeated in that league when yeah. you're playing with uh, Cumberland Valley, who's you know, just like Wilson, the CD, good every year. Harrisburg, who has its moments and is up uh, right now. Yeah, CD have East, really high highs. And, and is, is yeah. up right now. Yeah. And State College, who you don't think about because, you know, they're up in State College. Right, yeah. But they got to contend with them. State College is an incredibly strong team this year. Yeah. So, so yeah, yeah, it'll be interesting. Uh, another great team. It'll be, um, you know, fun to open up against a, a team of that caliber uh, in week three for the first home game at Gursky in 2017. Um. Yeah, we hope to see you there. <laughs> yeah, yeah, right. We hope to see you there. I mean, I'd love to see you down in Ro- Roarsford as we Absolutely. take on Springford this coming Friday. Uh, you know, head out to the games, support the players, the coaches, uh, just the program in general. If you and, see us at the games, don't be afraid to say hi. Yeah, sure. Uh-huh. You know, Justin and I are, are there walking around. You'll see me with my camera and my Bulldog Hour sh- shirt, you know, documenting everything for this show and for the uh, football Facebook page. And uh, definitely stop us and say hi. So, you know, what what do we do on game nights? Well, we do a lot. Uh, so make sure you like Wilson Bulldogs and the Bulldog Hour on Facebook and follow us on Twitter at Wilson Bulldogs and at Bulldog Hour. I give out live game updates with photos uh, throughout the game. And hopefully we'll have uh, live video interviews post game after each of the Bulldogs wins. Now, I've had some questions about injuries because we know we're missing some players uh, against Mifflin. I, Justin and I don't have any of that insider information. I'm not sure no. I really want to put that stuff out there. No. Um, you know, any anything we hear is usually just speculation, right? Anyway, yeah, we don't so have we're any not gonna, concrete We're not going to spread 
anything that we weren't certain about. It's not really our place place to do that. So we hope for speedy recoveries for the guys that were injured in the preseason and haven't played yet, or anyone that got nicked up Friday night. Although I think we were relatively healthy. Yeah, I think so. And yeah. um, you know, for those few guys that that missed the game. I hope to see them Friday night, but again, I, I don't know. Yeah, yeah. We'll have to wait and see. So, All right. So, I think that about does. Is there anything you wanted to add? Uh, no, I don't think so. Not not for this not for this one. Right, I do want to say, because I missed it at the business at the beginning, but thank you to everyone that has supported us so far. Those yeah. of you that have liked us and shared our, all of our stuff on Facebook and Twitter and Instagram. And for those of you that have um, supported us uh, via uh, donations, uh, uh, May Sandwich Shop, uh, my dad has been very helpful getting this show off the ground over the last few years, and he continues to do so. And we have an anonymous donor that wishes to remain anonymous, but we thank them every year for helping us. And people that have helped us in the past and people that have come up to us and said, Hey, you know, I'm gonna I'm gonna get you uh, some help. You know, I really appreciate everything you do, and we appreciate hearing that. Yeah, absolutely. But again. Just, you know, get the word out there. Yeah, like and share. Just like and share. go to BulldogHour.com, watch these live videos, download it as a podcast, watch it on YouTube, and just just share it. Get the word out there, and uh, hopefully we can always get uh, bigger and better uh, with each show. Yeah, so we hope to have live interviews in the next one, right? Because yeah. live interviews mean good things. Good things right? for the team, yeah. for sure. Yeah. Absolutely, so... Um, I think that's everything, though. I believe it is. All right. Well, we hope you enjoyed this episode of the Bulldog Hour. For Justin Raffoff and the Wilson Football Program, I'm Joe Mays. And remember, go go Bulldogs. Thanks for listening to this week's episode of the Bulldog Hour. Want more Wilson football? Follow the show on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Subscribe to the podcast on iTunes and SoundCloud. Or visit www.bulldoghour.com. The Bulldog Hours, a feature program on jmnjrradio.com.